Welcome to The Stare Down, sports talk and real estate with Sean Carpenter of Coldwell Banker in Columbus, Ohio, Bill Rissa of Fidelity National Title in Tampa, Florida, and Todd Meininger of Cummins, Georgia. Listen in as they discuss the week in sports and toss in a pinch of real estate too. Now your hosts, Sean, Todd and Bill. Hey, greetings, everyone, and welcome back to The Staredown. It's our weekly sports talk and real estate show where we do about 90% talk about sports and maybe about 5% talk about real estate, and the other 5% is just talking about other bullshit we want to talk about. So, hey, guys, it's Sean Carpenter in Columbus, Ohio, joined by my buddies Bill Risser down in St. Petersburg, Florida, and Todd Meiniger in Cumming, Georgia. How are you doing, boys? But Bill, let's start with you tonight. How are you? Uh, doing great. You know, we were chatting a little bit off air. I just finished a, my walk. It's about 74 degrees out here as the sun sets. And, and uh, you know, you sent me those pictures from Columbus this morning. Here we are, April 2nd, the day after Easter. And you're not just getting a dusting. You got some snow. We got two inches. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So I'm doing great. <laughs> how's, it, how's it in Atlanta? It was, it was a beautiful snow bill that, that covered the, the ground, not, not the roads, not the driveways. And okay. it was gone by lunchtime. So nice. Uh, it looked, looked nice, good in pictures, but still it's April 2nd. We could do yeah. it. The snow. Yeah. Todd? That's not a bad, uh, that's not a bad snowfall, right? As long as it's cleared up. Um, good, good, gentlemen. Um, things going well here in Atlanta, weather-wise. Uh, not hot yet, um, but, but coming soon. And um, hope you all enjoyed your Easter. Had a good time. Um, thank God for sports is all I have to say. I, uh, I found myself flying solo majority of Easter Sunday, and um, it, was, it was nice to have a lot of distraction going on. So really, uh, really had a good day uh, watching all the sporting events occur yesterday. Yeah, well, we are uh, recording a day after Easter, both because of the Easter holiday and because uh, we, we like to kind of do a, it's become tradition now in the stare down that we kind of lead into the championship games uh, with a little stare down episode, kind of get that last minute feel for the game and, and, and throw some predictions out. Um, strangely, though, normally today would have been the opening day of baseball, but baseball mm. started the season last Thursday. So we've already got a couple, a couple um, games under our belts. Uh, let me just start off with a little trivia question, boys. Uh, when I say White Sox, Nationals, and Pirates, what does that mean? White Sox, Nationals, and Pirates. Oh, oh my. Um, I don't... <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, they are the only undefeated teams in baseball. That's my that guess. Is, yeah. That is correct. They are yeah. the only teams without a loss right now. Wow. This early, wow. Yeah. yeah. Which is kind of surprising. Usually, usually a few teams either will sweep a series or, uh, you know, start out, you know, win a couple. Um, now, on the other hand, uh, Padres and Royals, Bill. Any, any ideas about Padres and Royals? Oh, you're going to say winless, aren't you? That is, that is the only winless teams in baseball. Uh, okay, great. Yeah. It's, early, it's early yet, Bill. But it, it's early. I, I, <laughs> but they're trending to 0-162. Right? We're, we're only a few games in, but I thought Dexter Fowler's tweet uh, last night was, was pretty funny. He He's, he's hitless, 0-13, I think. And so he sent out a tweet that says, I will get a hit, 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 and he got a hit. And, um, and, and he's on my team. So thank you for nice. bringing that up, too. Yeah, that's great. I, awesome. So, I, well, but he, he got a hit. He's off the schneid. And, uh, right. and Cleveland's Jose Ramirez and Astros' Josh Reddick, also hitless, uh, both tweeted the same thing uh, in, hopes awesome. that, in hopes that that is the, uh, the thing. But um, just, just curious, have you, have you – had any chance to watch how about uh joe panic not a bad start uh out in your uh in your division that you like to keep your eyes on bill out yeah, in the nl west first i love all the things that are firsts and he is the first player to ever homer in two games that were one nothing wins for their team back, yeah. you know, to open the season 
So that's pretty impressive. And he, I, I believe both of them were in the eighth inning, right? Eighth yeah. inning. Yeah. yeah. This is the thing that's um, interesting for me is there were some teams that didn't play on Sunday. You know, yeah, and Braves, Sunday, Braves didn't play. Right. There were, you know, half a dozen, maybe more. And that's traditionally everybody plays on Sunday. There's no, unless there's a rain out. And so instead, everybody was supposed to play on Thursday, which is the first time that all 50, in 50 years, that all teams had a game scheduled on opening day. It's, you know, back in when we were growing up, the Reds always had the first game, you know, and yep. uh, it was, it could, there could be other games maybe later that night, but they had a day game before anybody else. And then yep. League Baseball messed around with doing a Sunday opener, one yep. marquee game. And then, and then they opened in Japan one year, like a week early. And yeah. yeah. And, and so I, I, I really like the uh, oh I like the Thursday opening and I know why they're doing it they're they're trying to get a few extra days off so there's not so many you know fly out of New York on a Thursday night because they wouldn't switch to a day game and have a home game on Friday night you know and you got to fly two thousand miles so there's some um, I, I've been a part of you know my boss at the time when I was with the Padres would be the guy at the scheduling meetings where there was a representative from every team sitting there and someone from Major League Baseball, and they were just going through what had originally been set out. And they're saying, hey, we need to move this to a day game because we got to travel to here so that both teams would agree. And it was quite a process to watch that schedule come together. You know, and wow. We had, things like, right? you know, we had <laughs> things like the Chargers and the Aztecs shared the stadium with the Padres when I was there. So mm-hmm. you know, we, we had a couple of those turnarounds where we'd have a, a, a day game like or a 5 o'clock football start. And we would turn it over to baseball by one o'clock the next day on a Sunday. Yeah, we would do a doubleheader on a Friday to make that work. It was crazy. So um, yeah, and you know, like places like Oakland and, and San Diego, that you know, mm-hmm. you gotta reshift the stadium seats, yeah, you have yeah. to repaint the fields, you have to move the yeah. mound off the field. You know, you well, right now, that dirt off, right? Yeah, Oakland's the only one doing that. San Diego got Petco, so Qualcomm's, right. you know, and now the Chargers are gone, so the Aztecs are going to take over. Uh, right, you know, Qualcomm. But, uh, yeah, back in the day, you think about it, it was kind of easier in those, like at uh, Riverview and Riverfront, I mean, and Three Rivers, because they were AstroTurf, and they just rolled those seats pretty easy. It wasn't mm-hmm. that difficult, but on grass, you, know, you were worried about tearing stuff up. And Yeah, stuff. and think about, think about the, uh, the arenas like Madison Square Garden and some of the basketball arenas mm-hmm. where they got to go from basketball to hockey to mm-hmm. a concert in mm-hmm. a 29-hour, yeah. you know, and, and you get some of those concerts in there with the stages and the, the wall of sound. Um, yeah. You know, and you got to keep that ice at a certain temperature, right? And yep. so it's, it's a. Uh... And you, uh, either one of you boys know what uh, Turner Field has become? Oh. Uh, now that, uh, now a that. Parking lot, a parking so lot. I'm going to guess a flea market or something like that. <laughs> Bill, you, uh, you kind of triggered my memory. Um, they are the home of the Georgia State uh, football team uh, oh, locally. Oh, really? Right, yeah. So I remember they're like Turner Field, we can do it. Georgia Dome, Sean, that's was imploded. Um, and is the parking lot for Mercedes-Benz Stadium now. Oh, okay. okay. That's probably what you're thinking. I'm I'm sure you... At Turner Field, out in the parking lot, wasn't there a spot where Hank Aaron's home run was? or So some kind right of in the parking lot of Turner Field was the old Fulton County Stadium. Right. Right. Um, and they did have the little wall, I guess, where you hit uh, hit, hit over the home run. 714 um, or 7. Kind of, kind of in memoriam in the parking lot. <laughs> I thought it was pretty cool. That's where we, uh, we used to drink for the, for the game all the, the right. launching pad, Fulton County Stadium. Nice. And, and Bill, you also ours liquor lounge. That's right. That's right. We put beer boxes on our head, Bill, and that's not a. Uh, you've seen the picture, so. You oh, seen picture. I, I vaguely remember something like that. That was old Fulton County Stadium in the parking lot. Nice. Uh, very young. So you mentioned it was a Dexter Fowler's um, hitless streak. He's owned thirteen. It was. So yeah. Bill, um, I think you remember Kelly Johnson. He used to be a sure. Giant, right. Yeah. So he was. Uh, I want to say 2005. I'm pretty sure he was a member of the baby Braves. It was the transition 
and all the rookies came up, you know, Brian McCabe, Kelly Johnson, yeah. uh, eventually Jeff Francoeur. But I remember Kelly Johnson, I believe he started his career like 0-28 or something. Like, <laughs> could not buy a hit. And you were watching every at-bat just going, is this guy, is he ever going to get a hit? And uh, obviously – Played in the major leagues for ten plus years, so he yeah. he did okay. But when when you're hitless, especially in baseball, it's it's rough watching someone. I mean, that's when you're begging for a flare, a Texas leaguer, just anything, just to uh, to break the spell. Something, yep. Mm-hmm. That's funny, guys. Let's hit a couple other sports, uh, a couple of pro sports, Ooh, and then we'll get do, to the. Can I do one last thing? Yeah, of course, Bill. Shohei Shohei Otani. Remember we talked about him a year ago. Yep. And look at what he. What do you? How about his start yesterday? Right. One really one pitch away from six shutout innings, a couple of hits, and he gave up a homer to uh, Matt Chapman, I think, of the A's. Uh, but wow, I mean, I watched his first uh, first inning and touching right at a hundred. I guess ninety nine point six was the actual, but with a nasty eighty four mile an hour splitter and a ninety nine mile an hour fastball, that's ver- that's that's bordering on unhittable if he can if he can throw those for strikes. So I thought. I thought you were mentioning he had a slight fever when you said 99.6. Yeah. Has he played the field and got his first hit yet? Yeah, he, he, he singled his very first at-bat. So he's become the first player since Babe Ruth to start, you know, an off as, as a hitter and within 10 days to pitch a game. So, oh, wow. Yeah, so he's already accomplished that. And they've said once they get into routine, he will DH two, possibly three games, uh, and then sit for one or two and then start. So they, they, won't, they won't let him hit the day before his start. And I'll tell you what, it's going to be really hard to keep him as a two-way player if he keeps pitching like that because he's so much more valuable as a pitcher. Right. But, but they, they made the deal. They said you can play both ways. And it'll be obviously uh, interesting, you know, the, the, the rub on great rookies or guys coming over is that second or third time through the rotation of teams, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, what, what's the book on them, so to speak, right? They, they, every major leaguer has a book. And, yeah. Um, they have some it's Japanese intel, don't they, from him? Didn't he pitch in the – Oh, I'm sure oh, they probably do, but, yeah, you know, probably just a different game. But it is funny when you watch the outfielders now and, and they, every at-bat they pull a, a card out of their pocket to, yeah. to see where they're supposed to be playing the guys, right? Yeah, yeah. I guess the coaches can't direct them anymore. <laughs> so, so two things, and I will not – I almost utilize my, my uh, catchphrase, but two things um, real quick. Uh, did you see Ichiro – Steel, uh, apparently he had a yes. steel. That guy's 40, how old is he? 42? 44. Yeah. Did he, 44. He, he stole for the cycle? Is that what he did? No, he, rolled, he robbed the home run. Uh, just oh, I saw it over the wall, yeah. Yeah, yeah, amazing, amazing catch. Um, the other thing, and I read it as a crawl on the, the bottom of uh, ESPN, and you guys can help me. Is there um, a Major League Baseball team experimenting with four outfielders? I guess yes. they're – who who is that in detail? Oh, is it like heard, a softball rover ish kind of kind of. Yeah, I heard the GM, and he was talking about his manager not being afraid to try things. Yeah, I'm oh, sure we can. I'm not going to remember. Quick. Yeah, I'm not going to remember. But yeah, they were. Uh, they said, "Hey, they do the shift. You put three field on one side. Why can't you try four outfielders?" Yeah. So they're they're experimenting with it. And so are they losing a second baseman and just dropping him way back? You know, I depends think if it's righty or lefty, right? Depends righty or lefty. Yeah. So if you're gonna you know, instead of putting an extra guy on the other side where a pull hitter pulls. If you've got a guy that hits lots of fly balls and not so many ground ball outs, you move to the outfield, right? It's all numbers. And then pitch him accordingly. Don't throw him stuff down that he's going to beat into the ground. Make him hit fly balls. So. Is it the Phillies? Does that sound right? Yeah, I think it might be. Yeah. So fielding four outfielders, but that was yeah. – uh, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. All right. We'll have to do a little research. Yeah. Yep. 
Um, guys, the, the, the one sport I, I probably turned to the least, but the NBA, uh, heading into their, I believe they have two weeks to go in their season because they're a week behind the NHL. Um, Toronto and Houston are both leading their, their conferences. Uh, it's interesting kind of to watch the race in the East to avoid the sixth spot, which will face off against Cleveland in that first, uh, first round. Um, yeah. These teams are like all losing, trying to get to the seventh or eighth spot, figuring they'd rather play the Celtics or the Raptors. Raptors, yeah. Than, than didn't, they used to get, didn't they used to get fined heavily for doing that? Uh, no. why, why are they allowing? No? I don't think they got fined heavily for tanking it to get in the draft. But, but they, yeah. ever, they ever got fined for set, trying to set up a match, a favorable right. first-round matchup? Yeah, right now the Wizards. I think, I think you're right, Bill. That's what yeah. I'm referring yeah. to. Yeah. If, you, if you look at the seventh, the sixth, seventh, and eighth teams, they're, they're losing regularly. Now, the, the, the <laughs> Sixers have won 10 in a row. They're only a half a game behind the, the Cavs. If for some reason they flip, watch all of a sudden those other teams start to change their position. And you know, try to win. Exactly. <laughs> I would love an eight seed to throw themselves out of the playoffs and just drop to nine and then just get to totally, <laughs> totally screw themselves. Screw your fans and themselves. Yeah. Exactly. Possible. Um, over in the NHL, the Sedin twins, uh, two guys, uh, 17 years in the NHL. Retiring, I'm going to retire this year. I think it's kind of cool that they, uh, they came into the league together. They played uh, all their career together and they're going to retire together. Um, that's just kind of a cool, Same team, huh? cool story, right? Same team. Yeah. Twins or the- brothers? Uh, the brother, they're twins, I believe. Wow. wow. Daniel and really Daniel cool. And Henrik. That's really cool. Yeah. So kind of a neat story. You know, obviously the Stahl brothers uh, played all over uh, New York. Uh, I think there was three or four of them. So NHL, will, you know, we got two big events that are going to take our attention this week and next week with the Masters and the, and the Final Four. We'll start getting into playoffs uh, here soon. Um, but how about, uh, let's talk golf. Let's start with women's golf, which we don't really talk about, but Guys, that was fun watching. I mean, it was one of those can't turn it off. And then because they were playing so late in the, in, you know, dark was coming. Uh, and, we're, and we're talking about the ANA Inspiration. It's the first women's major. The old the Dinah Shore. Shore. Yeah, the old, the old Dinah, Dinah Shore. Yeah. Is that Rancho kind of, Mirage, California. Is that kind of their masters in that that's the major that plays in the same spot every year? Um, doesn't, you yeah. know, yes. does, doesn't move around? Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah, it's a Mission Hills in, uh, in Palm Springs. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, you know, is Rancho Mirage is the, is the development, right, Bill? That's the town. Um, yeah. That's kind of Rancho Mirage. And Mission Springs kind of, is the, is the, like the Mission, city. Yeah. The, Mission, the, the course, I thought the course was Mission Hills, right? Like, uh, do I have that wrong or right? Pretty sure it's Mission something. So. Oh, that, I'm yeah. on a roll. No, that's right. Yeah. Mission Hills is the course and that Rancho, yeah. yeah. Rancho Mirage is the, is the town, but right. beautiful, beautiful scenery. Um, you know, this is the, this is the course where last year there was a, um, uh, a ruling violation um, mm. by uh, yeah. Lexi uh, Thompson, Thompson, right? Yes. Lexi Thompson. And she had, you know, she had a chance to, to get it, you know, got in the playoff and then lost in the playoff, but. Well, she, um, she, she took, she had a four stroke penalty four penalty strokes based on this ruling to get into the playoff. <laughs> She, right. she, she was up by that much, right? Yeah. yeah. And it was about a ball marker situation, right? Yeah, she, just brutal. She was yep. sloppy in the way she marked the ball, I guess. Um, yep. Yep. And um, so, so Pernilla Lindbergh uh, from Sweden uh, goes up against Jennifer Song and NB Park. Uh, three hole or three person playoff. They go back to the par 518th. And it's kind of funny when the, uh, when the official sets it up, they say, we'll, we'll play 18, 18, 18. 18, 18, 18 and then 10 and then we'll play 10 and then back to 18 17, and, uh, yeah. 17 18 yeah and uh and, and she said it and i'm thinking like good lord are they expecting it to go more than seven more than four playoff holes 
well, sure enough, yeah. as, as me and my stare down partners, <laughs> as we're watching it and texting back and forth, we watched all four of the playoff holes plus the 18th, you know, and it was, uh, I believe on the third playoff hole is when Jennifer Song so, finally missed a, a putt. Yeah. Um, the same putt that she had earlier on the, the, on the third, on the, let's see the, no, on the second playoff hole. And, she and, on the third and the, playoff hole. in the finishing regulation, she had that putt and she made it. So, mm, yeah. you know I mean? She, yeah. So it's interesting for her to, yeah, she struggled from that, <laughs> that line afterwards. Yeah. So it goes back and, you know, after she got knocked out, I think everybody thought they were going to come back the next day and, and the, the referee must have said, are you guys good to go? And they both said, yeah, let's, let's do it. They said, good, um, good. And they kept playing. Well, I, I texted you, you know, Todd, uh, Todd doesn't maybe, I'm sure he's done it before, but not probably as much as Bill and I have because of our avid love of the game. But Bill, I can't tell you how many times that I've, you know, been playing down the uh, 17th hole and you're, you know, you're, you're screaming for the guys ahead of you to get off the green and hurry up and putt because you're running out of daylight yep. and you know, you're not gonna be able to see the ball on the approach shot on 18. You're just yeah. totally playing by the feel. And I'm sure you've done that uh, either in San Diego or, or Phoenix. Am I right? Oh, many times, especially when I was younger, uh, because you, you'd, you'd, you'd squeeze out there at four 30, try to get done by seven forty-five or eight when it got dark in San Diego. Uh, and it was a, you know, you guy'd crouch behind you cause that would help a little bit. If you could just see the first, you know, 10, 20 yards of the shot, at least you had an idea, but you, I think, um, you know, you, you're at the same level I am where, you know, if you hit a fade you, and you know, if you, you know, hit a hook and if you yep. felt like that felt kind of good, then you, odds are it's probably going to be in the fairway. And so you just start huffing it and find it and then, and then hit that up. It was just a, just a blast. I loved it. Um, yeah. I know, you know, Kevin's done it and, and I'm sure Riley's done it as well too. So our, yeah. It's so fun up, up here, especially in the fall, as you're coming down number 17 on, on, on both of our courses, you kind of go down across a creek and then up both courses kind of confluence at the same spot. And then 18th tee goes off to different directions. But when uh -huh. you walk down over that Creek bed, the temperature drops about eight or nine degrees and, <laughs> yeah. and, the, and you know, and chilly. it's chilly and brisk and, and, you know, you get up there and you can see the car, all the car lights that going around the course are, are on and uh, it's just a great feeling, but, but congratulations, Pernilla Lindbergh got up and, uh, they went four more holes this morning, uh, yeah. and she made a – I don't know if you saw it, Bill, but she made a 30-footer with Bomb. some pace on it. Some pace mm. on it, right, Todd? I mean, if that uh, thing would have missed, it was going six feet past, seven feet past. And I, and and I, was, I was worried for it. I thought I was going to hit the back of the cup and hop out. I mean, it was – she was yeah. not missing that putt short, and I think she was very confident on her line because she just – she banged it she home. She jarred it. Yeah, and then Indy Park steps up with about a 20-footer and just leaves it on the edge. Uh, you know, mm. probably the best putter on the LPGA Tour right now, uh, but she leaves it on the edge. And, um, and Lindbergh just, uh, had a – Interesting, uh, though, because I, I watched on Golf Channel, I was watching last year's playoff, and Lexi Thompson hit the green twice in two uh, on that hole. And, boy, the, the, the girls yesterday were well short of that pond. Now, they were, they were laying up well short, but they were also – none of them even thought of – pulling out like a three wood and pounding it over the back of the green and no. and trying to get on. Mm -hmm. I think, I, I think Lindbergh uh, got on to maybe the seventh playoff hole, six or seventh playoff hole. Um, but on the seventh playoff hole, she actually had a great look to win and she missed it. And uh, the announcers were speculating that, Oh man, you only get, you know, so many chances that could, that could prove costly. And then again, as you said, she bombs that 30 footer um, first right. win on the LPGA tour. And it, it's a major. So nice. It's gotta be a good feeling. Speaking of a bombed putt, uh, let's switch over to the Houston Open. And, boy, we talked last week about Ian Poulter getting some bad news from uh, some media people about that he was in the Masters, and then they, they corrected it and said, oh, sorry, you're number 51 on the, on the 
world rankings. So on Twitter, you know, he was a little bitter, uh, but a lot of people on Twitter were just saying like, Hey, just go win it at Houston. Right. So he basically had to win at Houston to get into the masters. Mm-hmm. He started out uh, with a pretty bad round on Thursday. He was tied for 123rd out of 128 golfers. I believe he came back and he won the tournament guys. Um, <laughs> yeah. You don't have to be a fan of Ian Poulter, but you got to respect coming from 123rd mm. to just shooting lights out on the weekend. He goes 64, 65 on the weekends. Um, holds off a, a young Bo Hostler, uh, playing in his home state, played at Texas. Uh, clearly going to be a kid who's going to be, you know, one of the names that you're going to start seeing over the next few years. Just needs to, you know, I think every player's probably had that needs to learn how to win a tournament, right? There's very few players that, that don't, that, that win before they lose a close one. Am I right? Yeah. Uh, but that was some good golf to watch because it was, um, you know, <laughs> Poulter makes that putt on 18 after kind of having the line from Hostler, right? Kind of. Yeah, I mean, the exact putt, right? Yeah, the exact line, yeah. Uh, forces him uh, into playoff. I know it was his first stroke play win, but and Bill's, like, own personal record book, that was a match play win. Because it was yeah. really him and Hosser the back nine. It, it was, yeah. It wasn't stroke play. It was just those two guys going at it. And when Hosser made that run, five straight birdies to, to take the lead and go one up yeah. on Poulter, uh, after Poulter had been three up on him, you know, it was uh, – and that was interesting. So I still don't really think Poulter's won a stroke play event. You know, just, <laughs> shame, shame on you. Shame I'm on you. Saying. Hey, <laughs> I mean, it is one point one point three million dollars to the winners says differently, but yeah. Hey, I am in the camp that uh, this is one of the just for a regular PGA Tour event win. This has to be up there all time as one of the great event wins. That's not a major, right? And or not a a TPC or not oh. a WC. GC event, right? The whole story so, of getting into the Masters makes it that that way. That's amazing. The, that's the pressure. The fact that, as Sean alluded to, he was 123rd after day mm-hmm. one. Yeah. I think that's the biggest comeback, they say. No no players ever been 123rd and ended up winning the event. Then he sleeps on the lead for a couple days. Then he finds himself, as you went to, Bell, three strokes up. And then in the back nine, I think with one to play, he's one down. Yeah. You know, he's, yeah. He's, and, and for him just to keep answering the bell and he – Gosh, I'm at 16 and 17. My memory serves me well. I think he had some makeable putts, some yeah, yeah. makeable shots. And, you know, you saw him just frustrated, but he just kept, <laughs> kept grinding. Um, Sean, you uh, you tipped me off to something. I was like, man, the pressure Poulter feels. And you said, well, what about poor Hostel, uh, you know, Bo? He's, he's in the same position. He doesn't go yeah. to the Masters unless he wins, right? Yeah. Um, and, uh, gosh, he was – oh, Johnny Miller. Uh, uh, Bo's putt that he missed. He said yeah. that – I mean, he missed it by like a quarter of an inch and Johnny Miller was like, there must've been a spike mark and you know, the nuances of golf where you hit the perfect putt and uh, because of something happens, it, it, it doesn't go in, but he would have won that tournament if that yeah. putt goes in. So. It's called the uh, rub of the green, right? You're right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, I don't think you could give Pulse enough credit for that win. I mean, I thought it was amazing. And I know you're a little tongue in cheek, Bill, but that, yeah. uh, that's, that's amazing. What an amazing yeah. win. So. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, once again, Hustler maybe makes it back to the, to the masters, you know, not, not makes it back, makes it to the masters. He was teammates with Spieth, right? He was at university of Texas, uh, uh-huh. turned uh-huh. professional in 2016. Um, kind of a web.com PGA tour player, uh, never played the masters best finished at the U S open, uh, is T 29. Uh, and that was, um, eight years ago. So he was, he was a young wow. kid then that was at, uh, I believe at Olympic, uh, in San Francisco, if I believe, 
uh, he played really good, qualified. Uh, and was made he 16? I think he was 15. Oh, yeah. my God. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Um, never, never played in the U.S. or never played played in the British. Never played in the PGA. Um, so, so we'll we'll finish with the Masters talk, guys. I want to I want to talk about the Final Four, but I want to talk about the women's Final Four first. Oh, mm. did they did they play this weekend? Mm. Really, <laughs> man? I'll tell you what. It was. Uh, I did not go as I thought I might be able to go. The, the guy I was going to go with actually had someone else go with him. But um, you want to talk about four, three good games? Um, three games that come down to buzzer beaters to either tie the game. Both semifinals go into overtime. Right. First time that's ever happened. The, in all honesty, the championship game should have gone into overtime. Uh, referees kind of swallowed their whistle on one egregious foul and then called kind of a touch foul. But it, as it turns out, they wouldn't call the foul and they would have allowed the long pass. It would have been a layup at the buzzer to, to win by Notre Dame. Right. Um, Bill, I think you and I are both in agreement because of um, McDowell's foul there at the end, her fifth. Um, Tierra McDowell, the, the the big girl from Mississippi State, they would have got dusted in overtime. I mean, they without her, they had yeah. no presence inside. Can you say tall girl? I mean, any of our female listeners don't hear big girl, right? <laughs> yeah, she's tall, she's very <laughs> tall. tall girl. <laughs> she's six seven. Yes, yes. she's she's uh, yes, she's a taller than me, taller than Bill, taller than Tom. taller than you and I on top of each other, right? But you know, now now I'm not. I had no dog in the fight. I was pulling for Mississippi State from a standpoint of SEC teams, and never won it. That team, that school's never won a national championship in anything. Hmm. Um, Those are hard uh, to come by. I, though. I, yeah, I it's just like, even San Diego State's won. I think a golf or a baseball, <laughs> a <laughs> rifle, or you know, something track and field or three. I'd be curious to know how many D1 schools haven't won wow. a national championship in any sport, men or women. Um, so I was rooting for them. Uh, they beat Louisville. On once again, not a last second shot, but a three pointer, put into overtime. People from Louisville are saying that you know the girl that dribbled down the court was fouled. Uh, they had two shots at it right at the basket, and then the, the you know the big game right the uh, Notre Dame versus UConn. Arike um, Agunbawali. Uh, That's easy for you to say. Yes, Gazuntite both hits both winners. Um, and, and gosh, you know it reminded me, guys, two years ago. Clemson, Alabama. Clemson scores with a second to go, and they make them kick the stupid, you know, kickoff. Um, this one, the referees review the three-pointer, declare there's only there was .1 seconds still uh, on the clock. Makes yeah. Mississippi State come back on the floor. Yeah. When you can't even get off it's a up. shot with .1 seconds. Um, yeah, they, they, it's got to be a tip. It, it would have had to have been a pass just at the three-point line, and the girl <laughs> would have had to have, like, punched it towards the hoop, and it goes in to tie the game. You couldn't even grab it and throw it. You had to just tip it. And you can't tip it 20 or 19 and a half. Yeah. You just can't. <laughs> right, right. <clears throat> yeah. Well, and I mean, not, without, not without your six or seven girl on the no, floor, right? No, yeah, that's true. I mean, no, it was a weird anticlimactic – you know they should. That celebration was epic. I wish they could have continued it, but uh, they. Um, but but the Notre Dame girls had a great time. Obviously, Sean, I just mentioned I can't uh, say enough about Poltz winning. You know his. You can't say enough about the the Notre Dame girl two buzzer beaters, if you will. Even though technically one wasn't. I mean, if if she was playing men's basketball, she'd never have to pull out her wallet in South Bend, Indiana again. And she's gonna go probably. <laughs> unrecognized on campus maybe on monday right it's just just because of the way i guess the dynamic of women's athletics um, but what a great great performance by her i've heard some people today on the radio call it the greatest final four ever i maybe 
Yeah, how, maybe. How can, you, how can you contest that? I mean, it's, it's got to be under consideration. Yeah, yeah. It's got to be, right? Two yep. overtimes, you know, a, a possible third. Um, you know, the, the, the uh, McDowell goes 25-25 in the semifinals, 25 rebounds, 25 points. Wow. Um, you know, yet she's the one that, that missed the bunny layup. You know, she hits the bottom of the rim. Yeah, got uh, too close. To, yeah. to give up a five-point five lead with uh, – and then, and then they stole the ball. She stole the ball at the end. Um, and then as Mississippi State was kind of out of control running down the floor instead of just taking some time and saying, look, we're going to have the last shot if we just control the ball here, um, gets tackled at half court. Another possible no foul not called there, yeah. yeah I think, yeah. I think the Mississippi, the Mississippi, Mississippi, oh, the Mississippi <laughs> State girl was laid out, you know, I thought. Yeah, <laughs> no yeah she got hit hard by that uh, Notre Dame call. No call there. Uh, and then they go the other way, get the foul on the, you know, but it was just, you know uh, – um, I'll, I'll let the schools that were involved complain about the refereeing. I, yeah. I always feel it. You got to be the ropes, you know, and uh, you, you gave up a five point lead with, with 22 seconds to go and a 15 point lead uh, heading into the fourth quarter. Um, there, there's more to worry about than, than, than the referees, but um, a great, a great final four. I was proud of Columbus. I, I really liked Adam Amin uh, calling the, calling the plays, you know, after the Notre Dame uh, victory over UConn silence. Uh, you showed like, that you post that video of the was it Rebecca? Very cool, right? and, yeah, yeah, that was really yeah. cool. Yeah, Carol Lawson kind of just mouthing the word "wow," <laughs> and he like put his head you on her shoulder, Adam like hug me. <laughs> he, he, he he stood up because he like you know, and he's right there in the front. But it was a it was a well played, uh, exciting game. So congratulations to women's game, uh, and congratulations to Notre Dame for winning 17 years after they won their last one. Hey, what's, what's on Easter Sunday for the Catholics? It was a very appropriate. Oh wow, there you go. Hey, what's funny to me is the culture of sports, right? You guys uh, more of hockey fans because of your local uh, affiliations. But in hockey, it is the unwritten rule assumed that the refs swallow the whistle late in the third period, especially in overtime. I mean, there's got to be the most egregious penalty yeah. for them to call. If not, they're like, "Hey, you guys are playing." But for some reason. Um, in basketball, we, we tend to get more frustrated. And I just think it's kind of interesting, the, the culture of the sports where, you know, unwritten rule kind of understood, whereas basketball, I think, Sean, you and I have talked and complained. It's like you breathe on someone, you know, and they call a foul, right, and early on. And then at the end, it's like you get mad because it's not consistent. But yeah. who knows what the right answer is, right? Yeah. You know, it's funny, hockey, those referees, and especially the sideline guys, they do such a good job of they'll blow the whistle on the offsides. That's one thing they don't mess around with. Right. 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 But you're right. The, uh, unless it's a, a high stick to the face, um, unless, unless it's a blatant hold, they really don't call much hooking. Um, but really by the time you get to that point in the, in the game, the players are so good. Um, they just don't do a lot of hooking. Hooking is kind of a, it's funny because hooking is kind of a lazy, you're tired mm. penalty. And right. You know, you get to some of those overtime games where, you know, it, it's a next goal wins. Um, so let's, let's turn to the men, guys. Um, Saturday's action, Loyola, the Ramblers, they, they were kind of winning pretty handily in the first half. Michigan couldn't do anything except for, for Mo Wagner, the big German kid from Michigan. Michigan just really shot like crap. Uh, mm-hmm. Loyola uh, was down big kind of early, but, but, we're never out of it. They were down, I think, as much as 12. They come back and they take a big lead. Um, and then they just kind of ran out of gas. And then as most teams do, especially little teams like that, they started making bad bad choices with the ball. Nobody seemed to want the ball. They all just – they stood on the perimeter and just kept passing to each other. No one looked to take the ball in. The big guy in the middle is kind of that typical freshman big oaf in the middle. Uh, you know, 
every time, you know, he'd get the ball in, he, he would try and either dribble or shoot it off the backboard or, um, so Michigan wins and advances to tonight's championship game and Villanova just good night. Um, they made more three pointers than they made two pointers. Um, they couldn't really miss in the, in the first half. There was a point I saw on Twitter where Kansas went on a 15, they scored 15 straight points, but didn't stop. They went on like a run where they scored 15 in a row, but Villanova scored 18 in a row. <laughs> you know, like, uh, you know, it was, it was, they, yeah. So yeah, there was one thoughts point, on the thoughts on the men's. Oh, yeah. one, one point in that game where um, Villanova had 37 points and 11 threes were mm. 33 of the 37 points. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> I've never seen that. I mean, that's just, yeah. and there was one putback slam and, um, and some other two points. A free throw, up, right? Maybe yeah. a couple free throws, but. No, they, they didn't shoot a, they didn't shoot a free throw for like two minutes in the game. Yeah, that's true. Like so it's just two two-pointers and 11 three-pointers. Wow. There's no way that happens tonight. I'm saying that right now. They, they can't shoot that same way. Michigan's a much better defender than Kansas, right? So, but boy. And Michigan's a great three-ball defender. That's what's right. going to be interesting, Bill, is, is Michigan's like, a really good three-ball defender. I think Loyola would have did a hell of a better job defending the three than Kansas did, right? I think Loyola, Chicago's yeah. kids were active out there, outside the three-point line. Defensively, they were everywhere. Um, but the problem with this, I think, the, and we're kind of getting into this early, but the problem is Villanova is a hell of a two-point shooter, too. It's not like they're just a three-point team, right? They're a really good team. Yeah. Well, Sean, I felt, I felt like uh, I pat myself on the back for the Michigan prediction. I just felt like Loyola kind of just was, you know, too much, uh, too much press. They're going to run out of steam. But, boy, was I wrong. I thought I, thought I could predict Kansas to win, and my goodness. And uh, I even went back down when we were exchanging our tweets. I'm like, Kansas has got this. And you're like, you're sending me like Yoda uh, memes, bold <laughs> prediction. And I'm like, hey, you know, I'm stubborn. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I agree with you. And, and gosh, Bill, uh, Dick Vitale, I guess, called on Twitter to extend the three-point line in college. Mm. Yeah. And, and, and wide the lane. I kind of scratch my head about that because both teams have access to that makeable three-pointer, you know? Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not sure uh, maybe, you know, one game, that was a ridiculous game. Maybe moving back to the NBA, but I'm kind of in the philosophy of both teams have access to the same three pointer. They both have good jump shooters. Um, yeah, I you know, know Judy Rankin. Uh, Judy Rankin on the uh, on the LPGA playoff yesterday. I liked what she said. She said, "Look, no one, neither player can complain. They're both playing in the same conditions. You know, right. they're both playing." Um, and, and Especially that's that poll, they agreed. They were like, "Let's let's play." Yeah, yeah, and they were playing under the lights and the scoreboard. You know, the the electronic scoreboard was all on on glow, full glow and right. Yeah. It was so. You're right. Both teams have the same three point line. Uh, both teams have the same sight lines in the dome. But yeah. both teams don't have eight three point shooters. Just Villanova did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And guys, well, one of my favorite one of my favorite parts of the game was in the second half. Brunson from Villanova is driving down the right side, gets kind of pushed out of bounds, falls by the scorer's table, and like within two seconds, the other four guys from Villanova were there to pick him up. It was such a such a enigmatic team moment they're, they're where, buying in they're all in right oh but their leader fell and and um you know it was it was just really a a neat moment so so you know i guess let's look ahead to tonight what do you guys expect from a game that tips off here as we're recording this in about 40 minutes uh from san antonio um you know do you think michigan tries to get other players involved in the game early do you think villanova double teams mo wagner do you think um 
Villanova keeps shooting the way they do, or you know, or do they start out trying to shoot that way, and if they miss early, do they change their game plan? What are your, what are your, does Jim Nance ever be quiet? What do you, what do you guys think? <laughs> Go ahead, Todd. <laughs> so, <laughs> boy, poor Jim. I mean, he's beloved, and now uh, years go by, and people get annoyed hey, by him. Hey, I'm still jealous that Jim Nance gets to call the game tonight and then get on a plane and go to Augusta for the rest right. of the night. That's and did job. you know he was roommates with Freddie Couples at Houston? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he lives on Pebble Beach. Um, ah, it, go, go. it goes on and on and on. Yeah. So, okay, kind of like we talk about Alabama football, right? Kind of like we talk about – um, God, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, the Patriots. The Patriots, thank you. Villanova, right now it's easy to say they, they should win, right? They should win. I mean, they have covered against the spread every of their first five games. They, they've blown the spread away. Um, something tells me that it's hard six games in a row to, to be on point and perform as well as, as they should and are capable of. So the, the gut feeling me says – you know, they're, they're vulnerable just because they've been so good their first five games. And, and as Bill indicated, Michigan's the number three seed. They're, they're, they're no slouch. So seven-point spread, I expect Michigan to make it a close game. Um, if gun to my head, I'd say I'd have to, you know, give Nova the, the, the nod. But I think Michigan makes it a close game. And it wouldn't surprise me if they upset Villanova here tonight. Hey, Michigan's won 14 in a row. Mm-hmm. But remember, I, we called it three weeks ago. They also had a week off between their Big Ten championship mm. game. They had a nice rest of a – And we questioned if that would be good or bad, if I remember. Yeah, well, we, yeah. Said, we said we won't know until a team makes a deep run. Uh, and I believe the two teams we said were Michigan State and Purdue. Uh, but here's the Big Ten champion, um, you know, kind of riding it into the tournament, final game. Have a, they have a chance to win it, right? That's all you can ask for at this point in time is a, is a chance to win it. Bill, what do, you, what do you say about tonight's game? I've got 174 reasons that uh, – Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Michigan. I need Michigan to win. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, and, but boy, it's a heart and a head kind of a thing. I'm, I'm right there with Todd. I, I just think, first of all, I think Michigan will be much better defensively. So we're not going to see Villanova up to a 22 to four lead, right? Which yeah. effectively ended that game um, um, last uh, Saturday night. So I think it'll be close. And whenever a game's close, anything can happen. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I'm going to take Michigan in a, uh, in a, a, uh, some kind of a crazy ending. Amazing. I'll be screaming at the top of my lungs, something at 1130 that I have to go to bed and I don't know so, if I'll make it up for one shining moment or not. So, so, so you're me, but not wishy-washy. You're, you're yeah, predicting gonna, the Michigan I'm, win. I'm yeah, predicting Michigan. the Michigan cover. So, okay. Gotcha. Good. Uh, um, Sean, I was trying to show you guys on, on, um, camera. I, I think I retweeted, if not. There's a ticket from the Golden Nugget um, dated April, I'm trying to look, March sometime. But anyway, a $25,000 bet plus $4,000, a million-dollar payday. So a million dollars if Michigan wins. Someone uh, bet Golden Nugget wow. in Vegas. Great wow. Job. Wow. So Did you play 25000 on Michigan to win a, over a month ago or last year? Before the tournament. Just before the oh, tournament. Before the tournament. Yeah. Wow. And so – they win, obviously, they're 25 back plus a million. They get a million, 25,000. Can you imagine, I mean, what that guy's feeling right now? Now, I'm sure if you place a 25,000 on bet, it's all relative, right? Yeah. But I would, I would put that for us maybe as a $2,500 bet where it's enough where you're still like – To win 100K. Yeah. yeah holy that. cow. This is a lot of money to lose <laughs> and a lot of money to win, right? Right. That's perfect. So, anyway. 
Yeah, that's a uh, interesting. And um, I, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna go with Villanova. I've been yeah. I've been wrong before, um, uh, but I I just think they've been the best team all season. Uh, them in Virginia, Virginia, you know, you know their their argument ended uh, two weeks ago. Um, I think Villanova is not only well coached. I just I, I like the senior leadership. I think they find a way to really attack uh, Wagner um, with some of those bigs that they have. Uh, I think you're going to see. I don't want to say a hack a shack, um, but I just think they're going to be able to defend him uh, the way that Azubuki wasn't uh, and D'Souza from Kansas. Because once they got up to that big lead, um, or I mean uh, Loyola, they they only had really that one big guy, you know, yeah. to uh, yeah. to play against him, and so. He was dominating on the boards. He, you know, because Michigan was missing so poorly, uh, he was getting a lot of weak side rebounds um, off the, you know, the long bounces off their, their, their bricks. Um, so we'll see. How, hopefully it's a good game. It's one of those games you, you always hate for it to be, you know, a t- double digit lead with four minutes to go. Yeah. Um, you, you need it to be close. That's why the women's games I think were so interesting, even though you had teams up both, both games. Uh, there was a five point lead from the losing team uh, mm. with, with, you know, 90 seconds to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully we see some runs. Hopefully we, uh, we, we, you know, get a good tournament and, and, and a good, you know, a good matchup. So do you think, uh, do you think Nova covers seven or no? Uh, that's, that's line seven right now. Yep. And what's the over under? Good question. I want to say just guessing 145, but I'm going to look real quick. Keep talking. So 145 makes it like uh, a 70, 70, 70, 70 uh, 64. Yeah, it's 144.5, like 144.5. So. 144. With a seven point lead, yeah. So they're looking at a, you know, 72, I know. 74. I mean, Michigan doesn't want the game to be in the 70s. Uh, Michigan, I know, wants the game to be in the, in the mid to low 50s. Um, but I think Villanova can, can force the, the pace and yeah. if they can get that lead early, then Michigan has to play their game. And I think that's, that's the way Villanova wins. You know, if yeah. you look at the games they've lost this year, Providence, um, you know, just battles them and just works the shot clock down. And, um, you know. Well, the blueprint, the blueprint's there for Michigan. Game. Yeah, the blueprint's there for Michigan, and Michigan has that game. So that's, See, their, yeah. that's their hope. And, and yeah. I'm thinking opposite, not trying to be a contrarian, but I'm thinking um, it's going to be in the 70s. And for Michigan to win – everything's got to fall for them. Right. I don't think, I, I don't think, how can you contain Villanova in the fifties? I just don't see that happening. Obviously if it does a huge advantage Michigan, but um, I think this is one of the games where all the, the tight bounces have to go Michigan's way. Um, and I think they will. I mean, again, uh, I predicted the cover uh, and I, Sean, I don't know if you think they're going to win by more than seven. We have Bill saying they win. I'm saying it's close. And uh, are you agreeing with me or thinking they, they win by more than seven. I, I think it's. I think they win by. Uh, I'll say five. Okay. Right. It's, it's not down to the last possession. That's what I'll say. Okay. Interesting. Yep. All right. Um, let's finish, guys. Before we get to our finish on on what we're doing this week, greatest week in sports for for me. You got Major League Baseball. You've got you, you've got you know uh, both Major League teams. You got an unbelievable women's Final Four. You got the men's Final Four, and you have the Masters starting this week. Um, and, and and this is Bill. I can't remember a bigger Masters coming in with Roy playing good, with Jordan having a decent week last week, and always kind of being a favorite in, in Augusta. With JT playing good, with with DJ coming off of an injury last year when he was number one in the world, playing the best golf he's ever played, and he he got kind of 
sat down. You got Sergio coming off his baby and his wedding, you know, just unbelievable win last year. You got Justin Thomas, you got Bubba, you got so many. Oh, and oh yeah. Phil and Tiger, Phil and Tiger are playing pretty well. Oh, and Phil and Tiger are playing pretty well too. And it's the smallest master's field in like 27 years. Is that because of which guys gives every one of them just because of qualifications and who didn't get in. And, and, and it's, it's the smallest master's field. Um, wow. Okay. Uh, in like 27 years. Is and it so, 80, 87 players? 87 players. Well, 88 now because. And what's the cut line? Is it 70 in ties? Because Poulter no, got in. 60 in ties at the Masters. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it just, it just gives everyone that much more chance to avoid the, you know, I guess that, you know, that, that person coming from behind the field. So Bill, let me start with you. Just what's your feeling going into the Masters? Are you expecting an epic one or are you, you know, because no one just stands <laughs> up as the favorite. Yeah, I don't please think, say you expect a boring ho ho master. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm thinking about going to the Blues Festival, the the Tampa yes. Blues Festival, Vinoy Park on Saturday and Sunday, just skipping it. Um, no, look, I expect a star-studded leaderboard. Um, I don't think Trevor Immelman is going to win another's Masters. I don't think we're going to see a Mike Weir win a Masters. I think we're going to see. Um, I'll make this prediction. How about this? We're going to see somebody who's already won at Augusta win again. Wow. That's, that's my call. So, so that, that opens up to a lot of guys, right? That just eliminated, and that eliminated a lot of guys too. It eliminated a, a few lot guys. of favorites. Dustin Thomas, Dustin Johnson. Yeah. It eliminated them. Your, your uh, boy, Dustin Ricky. Ricky. Your uh, boy, Ricky. It was Ricky Fowler. Yep. I yeah. think somebody who's won is already um, going to win again. So that's, wow. There you go. You just my, blew my line. That's my hot take. That's my hot Bill, take. Bill, Bill just made the call for Zach Johnson to wear the green jacket. <laughs> oh, not Chicken McNugget head. I hate Zach Johnson. Oh my god! You see, I got a, by the way, I look like a chicken. It's all lumpy. <laughs> I got a good Zach Tiger story for uh, after. Hey, after next, the next next Thursday or next Wednesday, Bill. I am speaking on Zach Johnson Way uh, in Cedar in Cedar Rapids. Oh my god, Iowa? Iowa. Yeah, Zach's nice. an Iowa boy. Played at Drake, yes. Um, Todd, what are your thoughts? You're, you're, uh, what are you about 140 miles as the crow flies from Augusta? Yeah, something like that. Probably a, a three-hour drive where I live. Um, so a few thoughts pop in my head. Do you know what Sergio and his lovely wife uh, named their daughter? Yes, their I do. You know, Azalea, that, yeah. Azalea, yeah, yeah. Mm. So I think his master's win had some influence on that, right? Yeah, um, I heard him, heard him in an interview. I, he was going to name I, I, it. After whatever major, the timing was perfect. They said when they got married, if we have a child and you win a major and it kind of coincides, we'll choose a name based we'll on We'll figure something good out. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was great. Huh. Very cool. So, um, yeah, interesting backup choice if it would have been a boy, pimento uh, and cheese sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Johnny. Ed McMahon. <laughs> hey, oh. Hey, oh. <laughs> so uh i was going to save this for later but i'll go right now sean and then i'll talk so i think i share with you guys my my greatest sports day ever was in 2007 um yep our our, our attorney brother and my brother-in-law greg jolling and i went to monday practice round in augusta and then drove to the georgia dome and watched the, our florida gators beat the ohio state buckeyes for national championship yep. what a great day um so i always think about that monday of, uh, of, uh, of masters week Wow, Bill, you totally just blew my mind. Um, I'm kind of in the in the default of Ricky is got is gonna win a major, so he's like my lean to easy pick because the kid's just got all the skills, all the talent. 
He's just got to put, you know, a, a major together. So I wouldn't be surprised to, to see Ricky, but gosh, I would not be surprised to see Phil and or Tiger just somewhere relevant on Sunday. Um, both those guys are know the course like the back of their hand. They're both playing well. Um, so, but who knows? I mean, I, I love Bill's prediction of, of a, a repeat a green jacket, but, you know, you said a JT, DJ. Uh, 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 Rory, Ricky. I mean, there's so many great guys that I can see winning. So I, I, I love the Trevor Immelman. I, you know, I don't see him winning it. I don't see, uh, was it Charo? Uh, Schwartzel? Yeah. I, I call him Charo. Charo, coochie, coochie, coo. Um, I, don't, I don't see him winning. I don't see guys coming from out of nowhere. I'll, um, I'll isolate that sound drop and I'll send it to you, Sean. That'll be your, that'll be your cell phone to, uh, ringtone. God, get in line. There's so many, right? <laughs> so, but yeah, what a great, great, it's, uh, you know, I'll ask you guys, it's my favorite, favorite uh, major. I mean, I live in Georgia. I just think it's cool. I do like the aspects of the other where it's a moving location. I love the British because, you know, it's just different golf, but Masters, what a great weekend. But Week. think about this. The last, um, you know, I'll be in Nashville. So I've already made some friends or some plans with some buddies. We're going to try and Hit hit a hit a bar early Thursday. Tim Logan, are you gonna see Timmy? Uh, we'll probably see Tim, um, but we'll, we'll probably watch. The thing I love about the Masters, and especially the last, I want to say, the last seven years or eight years since they've been tele, televising all eighteen holes, um, we're starting to really learn the front nine too. But but mm-hmm. it's so cool to know when a ball lands on like number thirteen green or fourteen, what it's gonna do, right? Mm-hmm. When you see a guy like Bubba or Phil or Tiger hit it way right on fifteen you know he still has a shot because of the openings and, and he, what he has to, you know, it's just, that's the one thing that I think brings this, this tournament to everyone's doorstep. You know I mean? I still remember Todd sitting in Rawlings hall on that Sunday in 1986 mm, and, Jack, yeah. and as the tournament kept progressing more and more guys that didn't care about golf were sitting in that TV room, like asking questions, like, what does this mean? And who's that? Who's the Spanish guy? And I said, that's, that's Seve. And I said, who's the blonde guy? Well, that's, that's, you know, that's Greg Norman. And, and that's Tom Kite. And then they kept like saying like, what has to happen for, I go, Jack needs to make this putt, you know? And, and then it was at the end of the tournament, there was, you know, 45 guys in there screaming at the top of their lungs. We had fraternity chapter that night, you know, and we ran back, you know, we ran to the chapter a little bit late after that historic sixth, sixth major. You, you were with uh, Sandberg, I believe that night. Sandberg, yep. Yep. Charlie yep. Mack, Charlie Mack. Yes. Oh, Mack wasn't there yet. Yeah, but yeah. Um, Mark Jackson, I'm thinking. Yeah. Anyway. Bill, Bill, um, I think one of the coolest traditions in sports, I was watching, uh, Ryan and I were watching on Golf Channel. They were showing last year's um, honoree ceremony with the Arnold's coat laid over the chair. Mm-hmm. Um, do, who joins that, that, that next? I think Tom Watson has to be the guy that's the, the next man up, so to speak. Who do you think, Bill? Is there anyone else that, yeah. that comes to mind? Is a ch- he's got to be a champion, right? Yeah. Got to be a Masters yeah. champion. Um, couples, maybe at some point in time. Did, um, but did Kite ever seems win like it? with Jack, Kite never won. No, no. I think I think you're you're right with Watson. Not to mention his. I think he's seven or eight win majors overall with five British. The yeah. So he's a great choice. I, you know, I think um, we're still maybe a decade away. But I mentioned Nick Faldo one day being part. Mm-hmm. He won three, right? Yeah, he was impressive. But but it's, I think uh, Faldo would take the spot of Faldo would take the spot of Arnold pa- or of Gary Player as the international. Yeah, you know? yeah that's perfect. Yeah, but yeah, yeah Watson's a, a great fit. Uh, have you heard anything about this year? I, I haven't. I don't know if it's just going to be Arnold and, and, and Gary one Jack more time. And Jack and Gary. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I, I just don't know, you know, you just don't stick, you know, it's not like longer is going to go out there and do it, right. you know, right. even though he's a great master's champion and Olaf Abel and, you know, just, it's gotta be the right person yeah. that, that, you know, and, and maybe they wait until those two guys, you know, it was, it was Sneed and Sarazen and, and Nelson for so long. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and then Jack and Arnie and, and, and Gary, um, you know, and, and gosh, it's, it's going to sound weird, but at some point in time, it's Tiger and Phil. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. You know, it, yeah. The problem, the problem with Watson is, isn't he still make, making the cut? Like he made a cut like a year or two ago. He, yeah. He's really good. He's still, he's couples, couples was in the lead last year on Friday. Yeah, that's right. right? Yeah. So yeah, you got to think about who you're, you know, cause these are the guys that aren't playing in the tournament. You know, right. it's their first official shot to, to, to start the tournament. So, yeah, um, yeah that's yeah. a fun event. I remember doing, I remember seeing that in 99 and, and then uh, on a, um, no, I'm sorry. I, in 99, I was there on Saturday and I, uh, Oh, Thobble won in 99. He won it. Yeah. I followed Phil that day, but the biggest, the kick for me on the first tee was watching Sergio tee off in his first masters it was his father nice. as his caddy. That's awesome. So that was pretty interesting off yeah. the one tee. Yeah. So there's, there's lots of moments. So, there. so the one name I'm going to throw out there, I'm not rooting for the guy. But, you know, Augusta is a ball striker's course, and it's a putter's course. And, and so the one name I'm going to throw out there, it, just to – for some reason, the Euros seem to play great at Augusta. Um, Henrik Stenson is a guy mm-hmm. that I just think uh, has the game. Yeah. Um, for, you know, once again, I, it, it's not someone that Bill would, would pick based on the, his, you know, his rules earlier. But um, he's just that guy who's always kind of around the chicken coop. Um, and and we'll see, but uh, a lot of, a lot of people that I think um, we'd love to see win: Ricky, Rory, uh, you know, um, DJ, JT, J- DJ. Yeah, but it'll be interesting. So if you guys had to pick right now, who's your who's your green jacket on Sunday? Bill, I'll go. oh Bill, please. Uh, I you know I'm 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 taking Tiger. Are you really? Wow. Yeah, I know. Do you think he's going to win or do you want him to Dude, win? Dude, that would be the great. Well, I think I, I really think he can win. It would be yeah. must see golf on Sunday. Oh my gosh. I mean, Did it would be, imagine? and Twitter would absolutely explode. Yep. It, it would Ooh. be, it would be amazing because there, there are millions of people who would uh, be having a, a, a baked pro dinner Sunday night. If Tiger yeah. could win another major. Now remember when Nicholas won, when Nicholas won in 86, he was, I believe five groups in front of the leaders. Yep. yep. And those echoes started rolling through and it yep. just, you know, I still remember Savvy hitting the water on 15 yeah. kite, you know, leaving it short on 18 Norman blowing it over the, over the patrons on 18 on yeah. his approach shot. Yeah. Um, and as they hit bad shots, the crowd erupting, cheering for their bad shots because yeah. they wanted Jack to win, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, Tiger will have that kind of support, I think. Uh, oh, you know. Did you hear? Did you, hear did you see the, the Golf Channel today? Tiger chipped in on two for Eagle, and the crowd went crazy in a practice <laughs> round. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. That, right, that so like, I'll take Tiger. Todd, who so, you got? So, Bill, I can tell you're an athlete because athletes need like angst and the story of us against the world. <laughs> right. See, I, I, I totally disagree. Like you were like, it's going to be an eat crow dinner fest if Tiger wins. I don't think it was that cra- I think if you asked Tiger five years ago where he was and how many back surgeries he has, I, I don't think it was crazy that people thought he was done. I think guys will be more like me, maybe not the biggest Tiger fans in the, before, but 
just amazed by his comeback. So if that's what you mean by eat crow, crow dinner, uh, I can understand. I just maybe it's a little too much of a negative spin that I like. So Ricky to me is the fill. I'm gonna, you know, you you think he's gonna win. Eventually he's gonna win, but uh, Jordan Spieth will put another green jacket um, this weekend. Mm. He's playing well, and the history of the last five years of this tournament. When he had his blow up, oh. when he was in the lead, he still finished, I think, second that year. So his worst, his worst finish the last five years is eleventh, uh, four or five years. So he's getting his putting back. He's getting his short game back. He knows the course. Speed wins. All right, I'm gonna go with a little guy. I'm gonna go with Justin Thomas. Uh, little guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Number one in the world. Uh, 150 150 pounder yes skinny guy skinny guy yeah i got you skinny guy yes yes but uh i i think he's playing well i think he's got good good confidence i think he um you know there's a great there's a great i don't know if you saw the video i sent you guys to watch but if you haven't watched it it's it's so cool to watch all these guys that are stars now talking about how they looked up the tiger and it just seems like they're one of him but they're so much younger you know and 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 Jordan Spieth said that he was a team sports guy until Tiger. He, I read that. He saw Tiger in golf, and he just said, yeah. I want to do that. Well, by the way, to Tony Fanau talking about the yeah. first tournament he ever watched. was, he Tiger was seven Wayne years old. Yeah, he's 97. Seven. That's a great video. I'll be okay. sharing that with a lot of friends. So. Thanks yeah. for sharing that. And, and Sean, Johnny Miller yesterday, when Bo Hostetler hit a good shot, and he twirled his club, and Johnny Miller said, that's the Tiger effect, because oh, yeah. they watched Tiger twirl his club. He's like – Older players. Mickelson doesn't necessarily do it. The older guys, right. young guys all Ryan, emulate Tiger. Ryan does it. Ryan does yeah. it on every shot almost. Yeah, so. yeah, every good shot, right? Every good shot you're excited yeah. about. I will say the, the kid I'm rooting for is Kuchar. I'd love to see Kuchar win. I just think he's, he's – You're calling Kuchar such a kid? How old are you? <laughs> he would be, we, we all remember when he was the amateur 20 exactly. years ago. Yeah, he yeah. smiled and everything. He, he still does. You know, he still does. And he, I just think he'd be such a great Masters champion. Um, I love his Skecher ads. He's just a great representative for Skechers. I'm old. Exactly. I like Skechers. And so, yeah, it's good. He's, you bet. He's, you bet. So, Mickelson was on Faraday and said, the best smack talker is Matt Kuchar. I don't know if That's you know awesome. that. You know, he, he, he probably learned it from his dad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dad. Great smack talker. Nice, so. nice little name drop there because I, David Faraday is the best interviewer of any sportscaster. Yeah. Uh, his show is fantastic. So, uh, guys, great episode. We're, we're about 15 minutes from tip off. Uh, let's finish it up. Um, Bill, wonderful episode last week with Phil Greeley out of Seattle. Uh, really enjoyed that conversation um, and what he's doing. Um, let's start with you, Bill. What do you got coming up on the real estate sessions this week? I've got a Keller uh, Williams agent from Brandon right outside of Tampa. Mm-hmm. You know, over on the east side of the bay, his name is Dan Hensler, um, a military vet, um, and who's doing some cool things, building a little team. And um, it was just a neat story when I met him. So he's our uh, he's our guest this week. I'm let's see, I've got a presentation with the uh, Royal Palm Coast Realtors Association down in Lee County. We're going to be talking a little video, Sean, which we know is super important, and kind of updating my presentation there, and then. Uh, a real big sales meeting on Friday. So sometimes we got to, we got to work on our own, what we're doing, you know, inside our operation with fidelity. So I listened to Todd mention sales meetings and other people, but so we're going to try and um, instill some different skill sets and confidence in our sales team. Good. Yeah. Great. Great. Good job. Keep up the good work, Bill. Uh, Todd, what do you got going on, man? What's going on in Asa Abloy? 
Oh, very good. Ensemble, doors and hardware. Um, in your intro next week, you have to say we've, we spent 30 seconds on doors and hardware. Although... <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, Sean, um, same old same old this week. Not, not a lot. Um, I'd like to take my time to reflect on two things I learned this weekend. Um, one, and I am guilty as, as, as charge. Um, I raised my hand higher than anyone's. I don't really think much of the women's game. Um, and it's not preconceived. It's not that I have anything against it, but boy, watching the uh, women's final four and the LPGA playoff today, um, really kind of opened my eyes. It's like, wow, this is, this is some really good stuff. And Yesterday, I mentioned earlier, Easter Sunday, really spent just way too much time um, uh, alone. My kids are on spring break. They're in South Florida. Uh, Jenny was working. So thank God for sports. Uh, it's just, it's why we do this, right? And also um, being able to reach out to you guys and, and, and touch some family members uh, via phone and text uh, really goes a long way. So if you, if you ever find yourself on holiday, um, just, just reach out to, to maybe someone who maybe not have a lot of family around. It really goes a long way. Thank God, uh, six o'clock, Jenny got off work. We had a great dinner, but I remember sitting through the day going, God, this is Easter Sunday. Um, you know, I, I took maybe for granted in the past being around family and friends. So, uh, lesson learned and, um, maybe I'll plan better next time. So it's all good. It's all positive moving forward. But I just want to mention those two things. Uh, awesome. And, uh, time to sell some doors and hardware. Thanks, brother. Uh, guys, for me, it's a, a busy April. I, I start off uh, at a, a home inspection today for a client I have in contract, but I'm off to Bowling Green, Ohio to talk to a, a smaller brokerage tomorrow, sharing 50 plus ways to get listings, buyers, and referrals. And then I head down hmm. to Nashville, head down to, to Nash Vegas for uh, three and a half days uh, for a couple conferences with the National Association of Realtors and the, and the Tennessee uh, group down there for bar camp. Um, and then off to Iowa. So I've been working on some presentations for Iowa next week and uh, really excited for, for what the spring uh, season is going to bring. So guys, let's enjoy some basketball tonight. Let's hope it's a good game and we'll chat often. I'm sure we might even have to have an emergency stare down uh, if the masters uh, starts getting, start, starts getting, uh, starts getting good. So to all of our listeners, we, we, we really do appreciate you guys uh, keeping us out there. I think the three of us would talk. Uh, we all look forward to this conversation every week. Uh, we thank our, our spouses and, and significant others for letting us do it. But uh, to you, the listeners, we appreciate you guys listening in. If you're still listening right now, uh, throw us a tweet or text message. Let us know you're listening and we'd love to, uh, to connect with you. Uh, and who knows, there, there's a spot in our foursome. If uh, anybody ever wants to come on and chat about sports, Bill and, and Todd and I would love to have another voice uh, come in. So on behalf of Bill and Todd, uh, enjoy the national championship game. Enjoy the Masters. And thanks for listening to The Stare Down.